Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. It's all true. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, August 8th, 2019. He is indeed Tristan. I am indeed Eric. Today's producer, Troy Farkas. Welcome, Troy. And our editorial watchdog, Tom Carpenter, looms somewhere ever so silently. On today's fine show, I literally don't know what we're going to talk about because we never decided on a lead, but there will be lots of information to help fantasy baseball managers out. Bo Bichette should be mentioned at some point. Tim Beckham will not. That's the only mention of that man. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, your normal closers and comma meals and myriad hash browns later on. Tristan, a big weekend in fantasy baseball and football, by the way. Yeah. Um, there are football games on on tonight. The Fantasy Focus Football Show is daily now, so check them out. Um, but for baseball purposes, you know, what, six, seven weekends left to go. And I'm finding, like, so many categories in my leagues are just undecided. Like, in one of my leagues, there's, like, literally ten teams that could win runs batted in, which means literally ten teams could lose, like could drop from first to tenth. So much going on. Yes. So, a few things. One are that we at least got our nonsense out before we started taping. So, yeah, we'll all be serious now the rest of the show, right? <laughs> Second, we talked more about Tim Beckham after that series. You're not supposed to mention his name. Overseas that we did in the show, even with me mentioning that name once more. We talked about him more then. So, you know, we said some positive things. And, and third of all, I'm going to make you happy here by reminding you that there are eight weekends remaining in this baseball season. Do you realize that today is National Sneak Some Zucchini into your neighbor's porch day? And I just want to tell everybody listening to this show, Tristan Googled that on his work computer <laughs> before the show. So I don't know who's going to be co-hosting with me on Monday, but it probably won't be him. It, they were all G-rated the way they explained no, this they thing. they were not. We, we, we got this over before we started taping. You had to bring it into the show, didn't you? Well, you know, you keep mentioning people you shouldn't mention. Do you, uh, know, why, do you know why it is? Do you know why it's that day? No, I have no idea. Nor do I care. I want to... Could you not want to know? That's the most ridiculous day I've ever heard. I think Kyle's making it up. Do you, what, no, it really, it really is true. Apparently, it's that zucchini grows at a greater rate this time of year than any other time, and you have so much of it as a farmer that you can't get rid of it. So there's actually somebody who suggested just dump it on your neighbor's porch during the middle of the night while they're not paying attention. Yeah, do that in New Jersey, and it's trespassing, and you get three of five, okay? Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> technically there's that. I guess whoever came up with this didn't think about the details. I get it. Yeah. I, I don't know what the prison sentence is. Can we stop with this nonsense? Here is is the buzz. <laughs> All right. We need to talk about Bo Bichette. We probably will later as well. He's really good. The Trey Turner com uh, comment I make made earlier in the week, I mean, this guy just keeps hitting. He looks like he has – he's not going to run as much as Turner. Though Turner's not going to steal 40 bases. Bichette can run. Well, Turner could if they if if any teams wanted a player to do that nowadays. Right. Turner could steal 60 bases if he wanted to. You realize nobody's going to do that because – I wrote in my blog today that Adalberto Mondesi might not come back for the Royals the rest of the season, mm -hmm. which would really hurt a lot of teams with stolen bases. And the, the leader in the majors in stolen bases has, what, 30? as it Malik Smith now? So, you know, there's no guarantee now that oh, he has 31. He's tied with Mondesi. Um, there's no guarantee that anybody gets the 40 steals for the, like, this would be the first time ever, right? 
The first time anyone didn't get to four, probably. Well, if not, you even know, in the strike, year, somebody in the strike year probably. I'm didn't. pretty sure. Yeah. Well, in the strike years, people still ran like crazy. I, I'm thinking way, way, way back. We're talking nearly a hundred years ago. There might have been a year that that snuck in like that. Anyway, the point is, Bobrovich really good, and he's still available in roughly half of ESPN standard leagues. And I, I think you uh, answer your phone, please. Uh, I, I think <laughs> this stuff all happens during our show, people. It's not a joke. His doorbell rings eight times during every show. His phone doesn't stop ringing. You're such you're in demand. I mean, I killed my phone. There's no home phone here. I took down the doorbell. I don't want anybody intruding so on my privacy. Is... But you, you have constant people at your door and on your phone. How is that possible? All right. <laughs> when I want my home phone to work, when it's not showtime, I can't get it to work. I'll go and I'll not have it plugged in. And during the show, it's plugged in. Of course, yeah. You know what? I, oh, I we were goodness. planning on doing this later in the show but troy is such a seasoned veteran i think we should do a name game right now right, with bo bichette how about that hold on I'm finding it <laughs> but you were gonna wait a half an hour to find name it game. here we go i don't know if that's it i, I just show like all me on the like show it. don't cut any of this out by the way <laughs> We all learned. Uh, Tom even spoke. Um, there must be something there where it says. <laughs> I think that was actually a name game drop, but. <laughs> well, I, I yeah, but when do they start talking? When does the stuff come in? Is it this? Joe Mauer. Tony Singrani. Matt Yes. Kryptonite. Milk was a bad choice. I drank a lava lamp. Ben Zobers. A prospect loving something two years ago. I want to be a turtle. Jason and Saltalamakia. It is Anchorman, not Anchor Lady. If you could tell your mother to listen to one podcast that you produce, which one would it be? One particular episode? It'd be this one. Vernon Wells is yeah. going to end up in a drop. He's going to hit 50 home runs. That is such a I was a being sarcastic run. in the original. And that is a scientific fact. What an old one that That's is. That's classic. like 10 years ago. And that guy's had three jobs since then. Um, 10 years ago. I mean, <laughs> we're, o- we're not old. That, no, we're not that old. <laughs> you're like 70. Um, when did you want to drink a lava lamp? That was... Uh, How did that an- even come up? That, uh, Anchorman? I had not, at the time, I hadn't seen Anchorman yet. Have I you was seen the whole my, movie now? I was, I was doing my tribute to Kyle. All right. Bo Bichette's really good. Um... If I said Bobuchev versus Turner, obviously you'd say Turner. But like, who do you drop? So I don't. Well, well, uh, this was a uh, dynasty question, wasn't it? Well, oh, so we we're going to do that. Um, yeah, let's just make it up as we go along. I'm fine with that. Well, no, so I late, mean, no, 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 that's a good point. Later in the hash browns, we did note that there was one here, um, and it says, "What do you expect from Bichette the rest of the season and long term? Impressive start, but obviously a small sample." That is from Andrew. Uh, it's a sneak preview on hash browns. Um, he's obviously not going to get three hits every day uh, for the rest of the season. But does he hit 300 the rest of the season? Does he hit eight home runs and steal 12 bases? That, that'd that be aggressive. What do you expect from him? Does, does he do what Trey Turner's doing the rest of the season? You can make the case. Yeah, you, you certainly could. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I'm taking Turner for the stolen bases. I think Bichette's competitive and everything else. I'll, uh, I'd, I'd probably still would take Turner for this season. But I think there's a compelling case to be made for Bichette. Beyond. Now, are we just going crazy here because they got the first two weeks? Yep, we okay. are. That, isn't this a little aggressive? Yeah, I, but but he is putting up a performance that makes him a competitive keeper type player, and you got to be interested here, and you've got to react quickly to the uh, to, to the prospects who adapt quickly at the major league level. Would you drop Scott Kingery for him? Yes. Would wouldn't you? you? Come on, you. Yes, as a fan of follows him every day, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, I mean, King restored his 10th base yesterday, but yeah. Um, but the idea is that you can have both. Would you drop uh, Ahmed Rosario, the Mets, now batting second? Yep, but I'm not a Rosario fan, you know that. What about Willie Adamas of Tampa? Yep. All right. All He'd right. be lowest on that list. Well, you're not... Oof. No, you wouldn't drop him. Um, Who? Well, I, I, there's all or nothing here. Like, you're not dropping Correa, Story, Baez, Turner, Bregman, Marte... You're not dropping Glaber Torres for him. No way. I mean, I'm trying to find shortstops over the past week. You're not dropping Bogart. Are you dropping Paul DeYoung of the Cardinals? That, that You can make a case there. You can make a case. I wouldn't do that, but I don't think you have to do that. But I, I'm going to place in a ranking or projection set Bichette behind uh, DeYoung. What about the disappointing Gene Segura? Doesn't steal bases anymore. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of Segura's year. I, mm, the next ranking update, I, I'm, eh, that might be close. close. About, I think I'll probably have Segura still ahead, but I like that. That's about the line for me. What about Didi Gregorius? No, uh, Didi first. Didi first over. I don't know. Didi ahead of Bichette. <laughs> D, no, I don't mean first. I knew what you meant there, but like Didi and Corey Seager versus Bichette. I think there's a compelling case there. Uh, Didi Bichette Seager for me. So Bichette over Corey Seager, but not, what are you seeing in Didi here that I'm not? He's not hitting for much power. He's never going to steal a base. What, what is what is there that you All have right, to clearly, have? Clearly, the only at bats I see of Gregorius, he's <laughs> he's hitting pretty decently. So I mean, he's he's okay, but he's you know he's okay. What is Didi doing that has you so enamored? That's my point. Like we would agree here that Bo Bichette looks like a five category player. Didi is batting two seventy with one stolen base. And modest power. Okay, Didi's probably going to hit 270 with 10 more homers. And so will Bichette with steals. I'm not sure that's going to happen, but you're right about the steals. All right, no, that's why we do this game, because that's an interesting, compelling thing you said there. Um, Bo Bichette versus Keston Cure in your middle infield spot. They're both readily available. They're both combined. They're not rostered in 100% of ESPN leagues, which is ridiculous. It's Bichette because he runs, or Hura's running. I, I like Hura a lot as a prospect, so I'd take him. Uh, it's nothing more than the gut speaking, though. I mean, and that's a gut. Uh, you know, I would yeah. say <laughs> Hura hit a pop-up that went out of the park yesterday. That's really what it was. I've been eating all that zucchini, by the way. Well, you should give it to your neighbors. Um, Bichette and Hura are good keepers, too. I think we're yeah. going to rank them in the top 100 next year, aren't we? Well, well what is, you know, we talked about what Bichette's uh, baseline numbers are. What do you think Hura's are? More power, less speed. Less runs, because he's more, batting more, fourth. A, 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 I'd say a pretty noticeable amount more power, and I don't think it's a huge right. drop in speed. Give me give me numbers next year, assuming 600 PAs for each, because that, that, that interests me. Okay, Hura. Because a lot of people listening right now may not be still around in their league. They might be looking at next year and dynasty. I think Hura could go somewhere in that 280, 285-ish range, bad average. Uh, 25 homers? Probably, and, and with the baseball, you could bump that up a little bit. I don't think he'd have a problem getting the 12 to 15 steals, even in this environment, Hura. Then he's a top 50 player. I think he's got a shot at it. And Bichette, uh, same Bichette's... 280 with 12 and 30 steals, or is See, that the, not enough the, power? The thing with Bichette is I think that, that based on his contact, this is the kind of guy who could bat 290 plus. I'd probably project he's around the same. Um, 15, 15 homers, maybe? 15, okay. 20? So he's Segura. He's already Gene Segura. Yeah, but we're, we're projecting next year's numbers over the 600 bats. All right. Um, guys, so guys on the, uh, 
Player Raider 7-Day. Uh, Nelson Cruz is number one because he hits multiple homers every day now, and I wrote about him on my blog yesterday, and you should read it if you still read baseball blogs on ESPN. Uh, Mike Talkman. How legit is this? Talkman. Talkman. How legit? The Sockman. That's one of the yeah, worst calls. That's anyway. ridiculous, and you know it. I um, know it is. <laughs> is this a 25-homer guy? I know how to pronounce it. Um, I don't... I, I, I think he's playing a little over his head with the bat. What I do like about him is that he falls into that uh, Kevin Pillar, Kevin Kiermeyer, and the like. Pr- contributes enough defensively to not only stick on the roster, but to get more playing time than you'd expect. And considering the Yankees' injuries, he's going to get the opportunities. They end up in a lot of hitting-friendly home ballparks. By the way, he's also hit left-handed pitching pretty well. That's another thing I don't think people are giving him credit for. 270, if you gave him a full season of at-bats and projected the rest of the year, 270 and 20 homers? Ronald Acuna is the third hitter on the player right over the past week. He's in the top three for the season. If Ronald Acuna goes 40-40 this season, and he's stealing a ton of bases now, if Ronald Acuna goes 40-40, why is he not the number one pick next year over Mike Trout? If he goes 40-40? And um, Trout ends up at 45-12. and 12. Like, I'm being no, semi-serious here. Ronald Acuna is making a strong case that he is the best player in fantasy baseball. He, he is, yeah. Um, he is or he's making a case? No, no, no. I mean, he's ma- he's making a very compelling case. Um, I, I I feel like Trout's capable a little better in terms of stolen bases. I think that, that a, a natural progre- a projection for him is going to be 20. Do we think the Trout or Trout? Do we think that Acuna is going to repeat forty stolen bases? Well, could he's a lot younger. He certainly could. I mean, I, I don't. Here's the thing for me about stolen base projections: I do not like just taking last year's numbers and slapping it onto his twenty twenty. And you and I have talked about this ad nauseum over Manny Machado. Well, he just doesn't care about running anymore. He's got his $300 million. Um, right. But when I look at a three-year average of Mike Trout and I see 30, 22, 24, and then I see him down to nine this season, he's going to be in a projected number somewhere in the 20 range. And, and if Acuna even gets to 40 steals this year, he could do it again. But isn't it smarter to look at, including the minor leagues, the three-year average and go Acuna's 30? Acuna's stolen more bases in the past two weeks, three weeks, than Trout has all year. Like He, he wants to run. Anyway, my point is, the roster him in every league. If you have Trout in a league and you want to trade him for Acuna, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that I'd agree with. Yeah. Um, Jeff McNeil, by the way, told me at the All-Star break he could run into 25 homers, and he has eight since the All-Star break. He had seven before. I think I am the reason that Jeff McNeil is putting up big power numbers now. Not bad pitching. I said to him, Jeff, hit more home runs, please. I have you on my teams. And he's like, all right, Eric, I'll do that for you. I'm going to hit more <laughs> home runs for you. So everybody out there that's rostering Jeff McNeil and saying thank you for the power, they really ought to be thanking me because I put the idea in his head to hit for, for more power, and he finally decided, all right, I'll do that. I will do that because I like Eric so much, and I want to help fantasy managers everywhere. That's what this is all about. Yes or no? To be honest with you, I like it. <laughs> yes, why not? I, I'm only half joking. I've, no, I've wondered sometimes. It's like we say certain things, or you hear a player react to something, and then all of a sudden they go on some sort of you know unexpected hot streak. I don't know. <laughs> as ridiculous as it is, why not? Is it ridiculous? Is it? It's not. 
All right. You know what else is not ridiculous? Our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is if they are so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. But the real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. A quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. It's simply a better process because SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and then it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. And SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. And our friend Tristan here used SeatGeek recently for baseball tickets, and then he ate a big turkey leg. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. All right, that was fun. Now it's time for our Closer Carousel. The Closer Carousel. Oh, Anthony Bass is a closer. How interested are you in Anthony Bass? Most people listening are like, what team is he on? Oh, he's a Seattle Mariner. Mariner, okay? Um, I have about as much interest in Anthony Bass as I do in Joe Jimenez of Detroit. Uh, I have, in fact, considerably less interest in Anthony Bass than I do in Joe Jimenez. Now, why would, I'm serious. Why would that be? Two awful teams it, that win once a week, and why would there be a difference here in the two? Jimenez, is, is that... Much more safe? No. That better? No. They both are bad. I want absolutely no part whatsoever of Seattle's bullpen. Why do you want Detroit's? They've won four games in oh, two months. I'm, I can't begin to tell you how far below 30 in my rankings any Mariners reliever would be. I just I, want I guess this is about no my part. Why are you saying good things about... You're I'm implying not, that Joe Jimenez you're, is... You're completely good. misinterpreting. This is a... Uh, no, the Mariners... This is a historically no bullpen for fantasy. All right, I'm, I'm viewing them exactly the same. I am. Which is fair. If you if you think that Detroit provides no value, I can absolutely get on board with you. But terrible. To me, Detroit belongs at thirty, and the Mariners belong at seventy-eight. It's kind of like the it's like the Moneyball movie line. Well, I don't think Joe Jimenez belongs at thirty. I think he belongs at like forty-five. He's a lot of like middle relievers right, but, I'd rather but, but, have. But, but I'm saying that if you've got to put one name on the list and then rank them one to oh, yeah, thirty, I would take Jimenez. The Mariners are still. All the way, but like, yeah, it's implied. It's also implying that Jimenez is Detroit's closer. For I mean, Buck Farmer could right, run into right. a save or two. Right. Um, I'm avoiding Detroit, Seattle, Miami, um, Baltimore, Boston. Those are the teams I'm ignoring. Um, There's another I'd ignore when the lead man is injured, and we'll get to them. Are you saying the Cubs, the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah, but he pitched yesterday, Ken Giles. So right. that's what I mean. But when Giles is is, absent, I think it's clearly Derek Law. I'm not in there. Derek Law versus – if we find out today that Ken Giles goes in the DL, um, I will view Derek Law the same I do Anthony Bass and Joe Jimenez. Okay. How about I, them apples? Derek, like Law apples? To me is, Derek Law to me is, I guess, but they – Would you – as an apple a sandwich? <laughs> I don't think we could remotely make – Would you put apples – slap two apple, pieces of bread around it, it's a sandwich, of course. Why not? apples on a turkey leg, a little applesauce. You know, there's people who eat apples in peanut butter sandwiches. Um, I'm okay with that. <sighs> okay. Well, I really. Like, what's what's the problem with that? That's uh, ridiculous to you? Mm, mm, no. Hold on. I have to kill a bug. A bug literally just flew and is right here. Ooh, a bug? Oh, I hit him. I missed. 
now it's somewhere else. All right. Um, any other bullpens? So Cubs, Kimbrel's on the uh, injured list for probably two weeks. No big deal here. I think Pedro Strope's the closer, but don't invest too much. Fair? Uh, not sure they go outside a committee until Kimbrel comes back. But if I have to take a guy, I'm with you on Strope. I wrote a big long blog about Josh Hader and all the home runs. Your thoughts? <laughs> Concerns for this year, next year, or none gee, at all? Gee, I wonder if we had a conversation about that at the time. Where I gave you credit. No, no. I mean, I, I, it was a fun discussion. He is putting up a historically unexpected rate of home runs. I don't understand it. And I mean, historic. Never been done before. And I came to the same conclusion that I just, I, I think there's, it's more blip than it is major concern, but uh, you got it. It's raised the eyebrow. Will he be your number one closer in next year's drafts? Yes. Over Kirby Yates, over Araldis, who's th- now not even throwing 98 on his yeah, fastball. Not, not Araldis for me. Not Kimbrell for me. Not Kimbrell for me. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want I, any part of these guys. I, I, I like Jansen from the consistency in the role, but I don't think that he's got the same abilities he had two years ago, so it's still got to be hater All ahead right. of him. Uh, briefly, you've got one spot you need a closer. Is it Carlos Martinez? Is it Scott Oberg? Is it Emilio Pagan? Is it Jose Leclerc? Rank those fellows. Okay. Uh, it would be mm, Martinez, Oberg. And then Pagan and Leclerc. Leclerc. And Pagan. Okay. Martinez blew the save yesterday, but it was the Dodgers, and it was kind of like a weak hundred grounder, you know, like through the middle. Like he didn't do that much wrong. Don't don't cut Carlos Martinez because of this. Uh, now it's time for the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. Mike Trout, he's pretty yes. good. He's my number one in my rankings next year. There we go. That decides it. I think, to in all seriousness, I'm going to have Trout one, and I might have Acuna too. Well, Mike Trout's number one because right there he had a combo meal on Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Acuna had one Please on go. Tuesday. Oh, um, no, yep. I changed my mind. Acuna's number one next year. Yep, done. I think right now my top five next year will be Trout, Acuna, Yelich, because he runs more than Bellinger, Bellinger four, that's your top tier. Who's number five? Is it Mookie? Is it Arenado? Is it Scherzer? Am I missing someone? Yep. I'm waiting for you to mention that guy. I know I have in my top four, and that's Francisco Lindor. Uh, I don't think he breaks my top f- Wait, he's over one of those guys for you? I, I think he's in this tier. Huh. Okay. That No, that's interesting. Even Why? With, okay, so even with the brief absence at the very beginning of the year and – Really, a lackluster team around him for the first two months after that. He still mm-hmm. put up some of the best numbers. Of Twenty homers, in the game. seventeen steals, three hundred one. I don't know. I feel like Lindor and Bregman are back of the first half of the. Uh, they're in the first round, but but in the back of the first half. I think Tatis is there. I don't have an obvious number five. Did but we answer Bellinger yet? Yeah, I had him four. Okay. So thanks for listening. I think the rest of my oh, first... you throw eight names that ever roll eight. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not like I said. Colton Wong's a first rounder. Okay, <laughs> the rest of the combo meals because we're now we're going late. Yep. Is Yuli Gurriel? By the way, has fifty one runs batted in since July first. Fifty one. Don't complain about Yuli Gurriel. He's having a monster like five weeks. Fifty one RBI. He had eight yesterday. Yeah. Jose Ramirez, who's fine now. Mike Talkman, Talkman, whatever. And Kevin Biggio of Toronto. We all talk about Vlad and Bo Bichette. Biggio's profiling as a 2020 guy he's profiling like ian desmond low batting average 20 homers 20 Oof. steals 
that's going to scare people away. We got to yeah, remember. But that's good. I know. This is the Damien Easley comment I had in the show. Uh, I think it was two years ago. Don't let's not criticize guys for the latter part of their career that kind of diminish their efforts in the three to five. Desmond years. was very good, right? That's what I mean. But we're gonna. I think we're gonna remember Des- Desmond a little bit differently than the five years yes. that were pretty darn. Yes. No awesome. one wants him now. Um, this big big series this weekend: Washington and the Mets. Mets are streaking. They have a higher percentage uh, on Fangraphs uh, or BP of making the playoffs than the Phillies and the Brewers and the Cardinals. I mean, they look great. What a series this should be this weekend. But you've got all the pitchers rostered. Let's go briefly here. Thursday night, ESPN Plus, uh, Colorado at San Diego, John Gray and Eric Lauer. Uh, John Gray, better home ERA and whip this year, last year, and the year before. Stop telling me John Gray is good for road games. He's not. Yeah, he's and that is actually one of the diff, most difficult parts in terms of the John Gray analysis is the fact that he has those splits. That's what frustrates me about him most. Tatis is going yard in the first thing. I'm not saying the John Gray has a lot of strikeouts, but he's doing the Samarja act from years ago. It's a bad ERA, it's a bad WHIP, and he's not a streamer in road games like Herman Marquez because he's worse in road games. I'm not saying you want Eric Lauer instead, but you might actually want Eric Lauer instead because the Rockies don't hit on the road. But uh, he's not a he's not a blanket sit in road games though. John Gray's not a blanket anything, and that's my problem with him. He's definitely a streamer against weaker offenses, which this is one of. Yeah, but you can't trust him anywhere, starting home or road, is what starting I'm telling you. I'm starting. Are you kidding? He's had some great outings lately. His ERA is over four, and his whip is 139. How can you trust John Gray? You can't. We, we can have this argument forever. It's like Adelberto Mondesi. He's, for a Rockies pitcher who is better than a 9K per 9, he's got a 403 ERA. You can't try and stream against weaker teams. San Diego, this qualifies as a good one in Petco. This is not a pitcher's park like people remember. But it's way, way more favorable for pitchers than Coors. I, uh, oh, it, everything is. Day. Come on. That's Yeah, but how do you explain John Gray's road ERA being worse every single season? Right, but 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 to, is, as far as this matchup itself, this is an extremely favorable situation. The Padres are a bottom half offense at best and it's one of the it's one of the most extreme pitching shifts in terms of ballparks you could get uh kansas city's at detroit this weekend i'd say the tigers have the worst offense in the major uh right now worse than baltimore worse than kansas city so you might want to you want to stream jorge lopez today but like brad keller jake junis this weekend yeah you could how are they going to get lit up Friday night on ESPN Plus, Drew Smiley of the Phillies, the floundering Phillies, at the Giants and Tyler Beatty. I'm rooting against Tyler Beatty because I just traded him to you in the league. I hear they faced each other somewhere recently. Oh, yeah, we were at that game. That's where we ate the big turkey leg. <laughs> yeah. Smiley pitched great that night, and he San did. Francisco doesn't hit either. Phillies don't hit. Like, and by the way, ballpark. There's another huge ballpark swing. You're right. It is. But are you really recommending? So in an NL-only league, are you recommending Smiley or Beatty? Or both? In an NL only, I would recommend both of them. If it was uh, even a deep mix tier, I'd recommend Smiley. It's a huge ballpark advantage this time. But you can only use Beatty in home games. He has traditional home road splits. Correct, yeah. Somebody uh, like that. Beatty actually concerns me right now from a streaming basis at all just because he's shown some inconsistency. I, I he's wild. He can't throw strikes. Mm-hmm. That's why I traded him to you. Um, what else do we way. have this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> the aforementioned Samarja pitches against Vince Velasquez, the outfielder, on Saturday. There must be something better here. Spencer Turnbull against Kansas City. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, how about Adrian Hauser at home against Texas? Texas scored one run in a doubleheader yesterday. Hunter Pence is done. Um, Texas can't hit anymore. So you can make that case. Five innings? Why not? You can, that's the thing. If you're prepared to, to absorb five innings, I'm good with that. But if, 
wins, quality starts are are imperative to you. Just be careful. The Battle of the Aarons. Aaron Sanchez, who gave up nary a hit in his last outing at Baltimore's Aaron Brooks. Aaron Sanchez, yeah, people like him now. He's the number two, two most added starting pitcher in ESPN leagues after uh, Dustin May of the Dodgers. Yeah, and I think... Just to quantify this one, if you're going to take the uh, game score equivalent of a quality start, he's going to beat that number. Uh, and lots of stuff to watch on Sunday. Uh, Rays and Mariners on ESPN+. Plus. Phillies and Giants are the night game on ESPN. Five-inning Jake Arrieta against Connor Menez. I don't know Connor Menez. Aaron Savali is a guy I like, but at Minnesota that day I would say no. Mike Miner's fine at Milwaukee. Um, John Lester should bounce back against the Reds. Uh, Mike Fultonevich at Miami. I guess you got to trust them there. He pitched um, great the last outing. Yeah, but I don't really trust them. But this is Miami, that was Minnesota so Minnesota on the road, and this I one, know it was it was uh, it was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, but but want to talk about night and day matchup differences? You got Target Field and the Twins, and now you've got the Marlins in Marlins Park. Isan Diaz is going deep against Fulte. That is it for the first half of the show, and now it is time for our myriad hash browns. All righty. Lots of people sending in their thoughts for hash browns here, and I'm going to go. I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to go to Twitter and find some more because we might be a little short here. I think Kyle might not have done done as good a job as he could have done, you know, because he's so busy with football. Oh, look, there was a football trade just now. Oh, we're going to have to deal with that. I found. I, well, yeah, I actually found uh, another one too. Oh, okay. Maybe you'll read one. So I'll read what I can, and then when I run out, you can read one. Go How for about it. that? Yeah. Oh, Stephen has the first one. What is Luis Severino's value for the rest of the season? Shallow benches and injured list, sp- injured list spots, but the upside is obviously tempting. Uh, you're a Yankee fan. Is he coming back in August? Is he coming back in the bullpen? What's happening here? It's very annoying. So the timetable now has him likely throwing a bullpen session, getting up to that step. Uh, the end of this week... Uh, so I would say that's likely going to take him another two to three weeks before he, gets, before he gets up to being on the MLB roster. And this is my concern. I'm not sure he's coming back as a starter for the Yankees. Yeah, that's I don't what think I, in yeah. fantasy we can plan on him contributing anything meaningful as a starter. I think I would drop him in a standard mix. Yep. I felt that Points way for Roto. I felt that way for easily a month and reflected in my ranks. Yeah, I like the arm, but it's it's all dynasty at this point. And I, I've dropped a lot of players that are on the injured list, except Blake Snell. But I did say you could drop him today in the in the blog. But like Joey Gallo, Yohan Moncada, Mondesi, I don't know if they're coming back for another month, if at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gallo's just saying I hope to be back, but Texas is not going to be in the race. They're not in the race now. You know what I feel like Severino could be. He could be to this Yankee team what Yanni Chirinos was to the Rays last year. He gives them three to four inning chunks. I don't think he gives them a lot more than that. All right. All right. That's fair. That's but that's fair. like that's like a real baseball help the playoff team so, kind of situation. I've got, uh, I've got Severino in a dynasty league, and he's expensive. Would you keep him? How expensive is expensive? Well, you would ne- you, I can't explain the context. It would take the whole show. But, like, he's basically the price of Aaron Nola in that league. And I'm not saying Nola's a bargain for this right. price that he is. But, like, right. Severino is priced as a borderline top 10 starting pitcher in this league I have him in, and I don't want to keep him, but I don't yeah. want to look dumb tossing him back. Right. I think there's probably going to be 20 pitchers. Unless Severino has some sort of magical September and October, I, I think it's going to be difficult for him to crack the top 20 starters of anybody's ranking sets. I think you're going to have to throw him back. I mean, where who are you ranking better next year, Severino or, like, Brandon Woodruff? For a guy uh, that's like, what if th- th- like seems to me a guy you can't possibly rank in the top twenty, 
But but if you said top thirty, I'd be like, yeah, that's a lot of strikeouts. Okay, mm-hmm. I can see that. I think yeah. it's Woodruff. I, I'm going to have Severino ranked in my 40s. I just don't want to go anywhere near it. If, and I, that's the best. Right. And I, I might, I mean, I might have him more favorably ranked here, but it's, I, I don't think I would have a hard time finding you even 25 names. I'm more comfortable than Severino. Just off the top of my head. I mean, even like Kyle Hendricks types, like uh, at least he's relatively safe. Yeah. You know? I mean, H- Hendricks, based on what he can, what he provides and K's especially, I, I kind of want to make the case for Severino, but Hendricks is so consistent. I, I'd also rank Hendricks ahead of him with you. Or Bumgarner, yeah. I mean, I I would take those guys. All right, Thomas is up next. Is there a September call-up you are excited about that I should consider adding early? I mean, the only guy who really jumps out to me now is Kyle Tucker of Houston. I bet he's up. I'm Gavin Lux of the Dodgers, so one in each league. Um, So, right? I mean, like, can you think of any other hitter who's a guarantee? Oh, Tom just worked up by the blog. So you can check out that blog. It's posted. Tom's basically not listening to the show. He's just like sitting there in the back. He's a brilliant multitasker. Give him credit. Come on. Can he listen to the show and work up the blog? Or is he just like, blog's fine. I don't care anymore. I mean, it's come on. Nobody cares. You know he's there. He doesn't care. Did somebody say my name? Nope. Never, never met. Well, Tom has the question about the September call-up. So, yes, I I mentioned the name Thomas. (laughs) Then I perked up. Then you perked up. Um, Gavin Lux, Thomas, Kyle Tucker. Thomas doing three things at once, writing hash brown questions, posting <laughs> blog. <laughs> Would you rather have Lux or Tucker, actually? See, this is the thing. I think Lux, if, if they do call him up, I think he's got a chance to play a decent amount. If Tucker does, where are they playing him? He's been working out at first base. Although Gurriel's been Right, that's the monster. thing. Now, now, I mean, injuries can create spaces for these. But I, right now... Where is Tucker going to play? No, you're you're right. I, you're right. This, by the way, to the to the point about September call-ups, I tend to think that the guys who matter for you in fantasy get called up before this. I, I the last guy that sticks out in my mind as he waited specifically to September and then was played regularly as an audition was Jock Peterson. That tells you how long ago it was. Right, and if you, and first of all, no closers come up in September. It, the only start, starting pitchers like Forrest Whitley's probably not a starter for them. Um, Joe Adele. change. Rolls change. I guess. I don't see too many players. Luis Robert, no. Royce Lewis, no. Um, looking at the prospects here, I just don't see Carter Keebum only if it's an injury. Um, no. I mean, Forrest Woodley probably in the bullpen. So, Jesus Lazardo, I guess, is a guy for Oakland who could be in their rotation in September. Oh, and. He could pull a Marty Bystrom and have a great September. I believe there was the the Davey Garcia one with the Yankees where that was a Yeah, that's possible. As relief. But again, that doesn't help a lot for fantasy. By the way, of guys in the majors, since you mentioned closers, I gave this name to somebody else, you know, just yesterday. Sleeper guy who could figure in the closer role. Emmanuel Clase of the Rangers. Okay, because I don't trust LeClerc. <laughs> and that's why I bring it up, because I know you'd be interested in this just based on not liking LeClerc. Have you looked at Clayson and his fastball? What is it doing? Please tell us. It's awfully fast, and it grades awfully well. It's He's like Munoz. He's the Munoz of the American League. Right, but this guy has two appearances, and the Rangers are already talking him up as a primary setup man. That's a good sign, and... You know why is Sean Kelly still there? So yeah, I, I don't know if he gets saves, but yes. But but based on the idea that t- teams do sometimes in okay. September turn it over, just it's a thought. I would add Gavin Lux now over Kyle Tucker. I'd agree with that. Uh, let's l- hear this from our friends at ZipRecruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabelle. 
ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there! With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, listeners to this fine show can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash K-A-R-A-B-E-L-L, ZipRecruiter.com slash Carabell. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. All right, um, more questions here. Caleb writes... Tristan has Glaber Torres 15th overall in his dynasty ranks. Eric, are you on board? Um, he's not a base stealer. So that seems a little aggressive, but even if he becomes a primary shortstop, you'll have middle eligibility. It's a 30 home run guy. What was your thinking in making him 15th? Cause that seems, I think I'd, I'd have 15 hitters over him, like Alex Bregman types, but I don't know. What do you say? You know, he's not inept on the base pads though. I'm not saying inept. But know, he's not going to steal can, 20 bases. No, he's not. But I, I, to me, I, I think there's a difference between the guys that you know are going to get you zero to two a year and who could maybe get you to 10 to 12 in a better season. Uh, what I like about him is just the fact that he has shown growth in year number two here and the power was really unquestioned a year ago in the first place. So if he's already improving as a player to, to, as a 22 year old, I feel like this is a guy who's got a very high ceiling for both batting average and home runs. We could be looking at 330. And a regular thing. I, I want to point this out, but I'm not trying to be mean. Mm-hmm. When Baltimore gets better pitching, I mean, you know what I'm getting at. Glaber has 10 of his 23 home runs against the Orioles. If you remove the Orioles from his batting average, it's a 260 batting average. I mean, there's he's done a lot of his damage against one team. And that happens. And Baltimore's pitching won't be any better next year. But I just worry a little bit that we're overrating him. That's, you know, top 20 overall in Dynasty. That's... It seems a little aggressive to me. So but. I think I think Baltimore is a bad way of evaluating him because remember a year ago Baltimore owned the Yankees. So these two, if you average them out against each other, kind of plays out a little bit better. Here's another thing. I'm glad this came up in time. In the history of baseball, can you tell me the only other players who have had multiple years of 270 average and 20 home runs? Glaber's done this. At least 270, at least 20 home runs. I mean, by only, the age 22, I assume. By the age of 22, yes, only three everybody's guys. Because everybody's putting it down. But. Yes, of course. Only three guys have ever done that. I mean, I don't know, Harper, Trout. No. No. The other two were A-Rod and Carlos Correa. I, 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 so you're saying this guy has a Hall of Fame future? Right. I'm saying that what he has done at this age is extraordinary and historic. Okay. And I, I want, I, I do believe there is more growth in him. I mean, this was considered one of the biggest, you know, best prospects in the game. And by the way, I'm a monstrous homer. I admit that. <laughs> Max writes in Brian Anderson in Miami has flash and pop post all star break. Interesting to consider question mark. He is available in a whole lot of leagues. I mean, we can't, we tend to just ignore all Marlins. I think Isan Diaz has a, has a shot of power and a low batting average. Ryan Anderson is up to 18 home runs on the season. I remember when he came up from the minors and everybody was like, no power. Uh, five in the last two weeks. That's pretty good. So, is Brian Anderson interesting to you, or is he a guy a guy about two fifty with twenty home runs? I I really hope. Well, he gave up a lot of batting average to add some of this power, and I I really thought of him as a consistent two eighty hitter. But if he's going to sacrifice that and bat and closer to your projection, I'm out. 
I don't think that's going to be a valuable thing down the road. Here's a question from Aaron. He has Soroka, Max Fried, and Chris Paddock on his roster in regard to innings caps. What order would you rank them? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, is it possible that in the next month, all three of these guys get shut down? Now, Paddock's the only team that's not going to make the playoffs. I don't, I don't think the Padres are going to make And they're, they're in the wild cards. Every team in the National League except Miami. And I guess Pittsburgh is. So, man, can Atlanta think- really shut Soroka down in mid-September in, in first place? Right. I How think they do that. We would re-rank them either Soroka or Paddock one or two with them close, and Freed would be pretty far behind them, correct? Freed had a ton of strikeouts. Was it yesterday? Freed had that really good game against the Twins, and then he sort of wore down a little bit in that last inning. It was four shutout, and I don't think it was no hit, but it was close innings no. in Minnesota. Yeah, no, and that was weird how Minnesota didn't hit, and then they did. Um I just Soroka? don't, I don't think want... Atlanta can shut them down. Soroka being number one there, but I do like, I saw Soroka traded in one of my leagues and I didn't have to ask the guy who traded him why he did it. I know exactly why he did it. Mm-hmm. He's afraid Soroka makes only like five more starts and that's a legitimate concern. Soroka has 130 and a third innings combined between majors and minors this year. People are bringing this up because he threw 56 and a third last year because of the injuries. He had a cap of 153 and two thirds in 2017. That's his pro career high. I hate high. that Atlanta's just picking a number and saying you're not going over 150 or 170. I, I think I think it's overblown for him. I really do. I hope it is. It's embarrassing to me. Like Snitker comes out at 100 pitches, no matter what the situation. I'm like, all right, you might might win manager of the year, but again, but like. Why are we just picking numbers out of a hat? 100 pitches, 170 innings. I don't like when teams do that. All arms are created differently. Now, maybe, mm-hmm. and Soroka was injured last year with a shoulder, but that doesn't mean, mean he's going to get hurt again. So, you know, when the Nationals did that with Strasburg, I just, I don't get it. And it, and it hasn't stopped him from getting hurt. It doesn't. Paddock, by the way, has gone from 90 to 104 and a third. And Max Fried has gone from 111 and a third to 120 and a third. So in terms of, to me, where I think these teams are going to think about closing these, uh, shutting these guys down, I think Paddock would be the top, Soroka two, Fried three. I also think these teams have done a pretty good job so far trying to keep the innings in check as is. I don't think it's imminent. I don't think it's dire. I wouldn't make any rash moves. Michael wants to drop Chris Davis, the good one, who's not so good. 12-team head-to-head. I'm okay with that now. I, I guess, yeah, he's he's underperformed. What he's, what are you getting for him? I don't, you know. Yeah, I don't know who you're picking up. I mean, if it's Bo Bichette, of course. But like, three ninety eight slugging. Ugh. He's gonna be. Yeah, he's not putting up any numbers. Uh, and he's and he's a DH only. So like, if it's Mike Talkman or Chris Davis, aren't you picking up Talkman? Yeah, you are. Danny Santana, Adam Duvall, Brian does, Reynolds. Yeah, does the rest of the roster support that though? You're really, yeah, I mean, Talkman, I'm, Talkman's not gonna, I, I'm, I'm afraid that Talkman's not gonna give you what you need in September, and that could be a problem in a head to head. But Chris Davis isn't gonna give it to you either. He's not gonna suddenly if, hit 10 home runs in September. Right, but if Chris Davis is the one who's playing every day, picks it up at the end of August, and puts up, you know, 80% or so of past, past production. Right. A le- legit question, JD Davis of the Mets or Chris Davis of the Athletics? Uh, Chris Davis. You could make an, an easy case for JD Davis right now. Playing time's not going to stop. Mm, yeah, I'm not I, so sure. I, I guess that's really undervaluing Chris Davis, but man, I'm like just not Brian a Brian Anderson Davis is doing. Guy? Brian Anderson of Miami is doing what you you drafted Chris Davis for. If Chris Davis can't do it, why wouldn't you drop him for Brian Anderson? I, 
Brian Anderson's not a natural homer guy. I'm probably wrong on Yuli Gurriel. I said that a couple of weeks back about him. It's the baseball this year, but... Brian Anderson's not a natural power. You know I know this guy. He's on my sim team. Of course he's not. But Chris Davis is doing nothing. This is the Mike Lowell year. He's just not having. He's not going to. He's clearly hurt. If they're if, in a race, they have to play him. He's batting 230 with 17 home runs and a juiced ball. He's, if, if I want power, the last thing I'm going to do is take a guy who calls the biggest pitcher's park in all of baseball, who has a line drive stroke and is trying to adapt it for power. That's the last thing I'm going to do. Chris Davis has one homer in a month. I, I get that. This is not about singing Chris Davis's praises. It's just Brian Anderson's not the direction I'm going to fill Chris Davis' shoes. Shane, I'd rather have Talkman. I sh- go back to him. I yeah. Shane asked about Jordan Alvarez. Give me his numbers for next year. That's the one I wanted us to come up with because somebody made the point about DH only for him, and it's relevant. We brought up Nelson Cruz before. That's really relevant for Jordan Alvarez. Who would you rather have next year, Nelson Cruz or or Jordan Alvarez? I would rather have Jordan Alvarez. So and that's I a like top hundred player. Yeah, I think it is. I mean, Jordan Alvarez, and, and I'm not all that surprised by this, but, well, the batting average, 348. But 14 home runs in 43 games, Tristan. Yep. I mean, this this translates to, like, a 40 home run guy. And he's also a lefty in a park where the best benefit for power is actually right-handed pull power. It's the Evan Gaddis thing I've mentioned before. Oh God. So he's not getting what people perceive as a ballpark bump. He's, he's slugging hitting it in a 703. pitcher's park. He's slugging 703. Yep. Is he available in our sim league? I don't know. No, I Someone, think the best the best guy in that is Zach Gallon. Yeah. All right. Well, still good. I'm not saying ick. But Jordan Alvarez, 7.03 in that park. My goodness. Oh, geez. actually, Trent Grisham's available in that, too. All right. Uh, any more questions? Oh, where'd you put Alvarez for next year? I have, him in, I have him in the top 100. Do you? Yeah. Well, I also have Nelson Cruz in my top 100, and most people won't. All right. So which one do you hire, then? I guess it has to be the younger guy, of course. Wait, wait, He's do you 22. Think, you think people will not have Nelson Cruz in their top 100? It in this year. We really had him outside for ADP? No, we did. But people don't like old players, and they don't like players that, that aren't eligible to position. Who had him outside the top 100? Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. But, I mean, he ended up in, like, the ninth round or 10th round in right. ADP. So a lo- that's average. That means a lot of people didn't take him in the wow, first 10 rounds. There, yeah, that means there would definitively be some people who took him outside. That's just... But Jordan Alvarez, I mean, I'm trying to think what are we're, where we're going to compare him to for next year. And, like... I like the power. Uh, I think the batting average is where he's going to decline. Well, he if can't he, hit 348 for a season. Obviously. But if he, there's, there's a chance that he plummets considerably right. in that category. Max Kepler versus Jordan Alvarez. We love the power for both. We think Jordan Alvarez is going to drop, I don't know about 100 batting average points, but some. Mm-hmm. Kepler's hitting only 260 something. Kepler's going to end this year with 40 home runs. Who do you take next year? Kepler or Alvarez? I need a Kepler update on one particular thing. One Hitting thing. lefties? Yep. Better, but not great. Alvarez is doing better against them. That's why I need to know this. 270 with seven homers against them. That is good, and it's a big improvement from Kepler. I'd probably have, um, I'd probably have to go Kepler just because it's a hint safer. Uh, Yeah. For but, 2020 alone. Yeah, yeah. But, man, I'd love to have Alvarez in a dynasty even if it's dh only mm-hmm. all right I, he's gonna get a position I, I don't think the dh thing is a forever thing um no it's a shame because he's so young has he played any outfield let me look here he's played um he's made a seven appearances yeah but it, i doubt he gets 13 more i guess he, you know what he could do is get 13 more of, but if kyle tucker comes up he'd play outfield 
over Alvarez. Yeah. If they like sat Reddick or if somebody got hurt. So. Yep. All right. We've asked a lot of questions today. That went well. I think yeah, we're pretty yeah. much done. Long show, but Troy can handle it. He can handle anything. Anything else you're watching this weekend? Uh, baseball. Baseball? Okay. Of course. What, Around that? the other football. Wait, what football? What's that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> uh, check out the Fantasy Focus Football. Maybe they'll talk about Duke Johnson today or tomorrow. I assume they will. Oh, uh, I know what I had to ask you. What? What do you think of the Field of Dreams game? Uh, I love it. Um, I just hope it's not like London where they scored 30 runs. That's what I'm – I'm starting to think that the Yankees get the benefit of all these ridiculous parks for power because – but we don't know. I mean, it's a cornfield. It could be like well, they're building. Yeah, they're building a temporary field in it. I don't think it's the actual field because if it was, that's like 250 feet to the half field. It wouldn't have like the wind like that London had. That's why all the home runs were being hit. But right. um, I think it's a cool idea. You know, the movie, uh, you know, I think people love it. I'm a, you know, whatever with it. I mean. Wait, wait, wait you're whatever with the movie? Yeah, I'm whatever with the movie. It's, uh, you know, don't tell me like you, wow. you, you got back together with your father because of the movie. I mean, come on. I mean, the movie's fine. I, it's just not it's not my favorite baseball I movie. Did, I did not get back together with my father over the movie. I saw it with my father. So. I mean, there are other baseball movies I like more. Um but like it, what? Uh, you're putting me on the no, just spot fine. here. I'm Any trying to think. Any one baseball movie. <laughs> Any one baseball movie. All right. Uh I'm, for me it might be Major League. That's yeah, I mean like that's just more fun for me. Like it's a fun movie. Like I liked I like Bull Durham. That's fun. Major League is yeah, fun. I love Eight Men Out because I just I'm infatuated yep. with what happened in 1919. You're uh, a Cusack fan too, I know. I am. Bad News Bears. I I think that's that's fantastic. You I'll know? give you your laugh for the show for the day if you like. What? I saw Field of Dreams with my father. I saw Major League with my grandmother. Why does that make me laugh? Uh, you saw Major League. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> she was very kind to take me to that. <laughs> okay. We better stop now. Thank you so much for listening to our fine little show. I think we'll be back on Monday. Great job by our new Thursday producer Troy. Great job by Tom Carpenter. Silently looming, working up blogs, listening to the show. He does it all. He even puts zucchini on your neighbor's doorstep. That's Tristan. I'm Eric. Have an awesome weekend. Everything is awesome. Doorstep.